Good morning, everybody. It's great to be together. Uh, if you are visiting with us, we want to welcome you here to Lifeway Church in San Gabriel. What an incredible Sunday to be able to be worship, uh, worshiping together and having a tremendous time. We, we just have so much great stuff going on. Uh, not the least of which being uh, when, we're, when we get an opportunity like this to be together. When you get a chance like this to be together, to fellowship with one another, to be able to encourage one another, what an incredible spirit. Uh, we're able to have here together as we worship together. So again, if you're with us uh, for the first time or second or third time, we want to welcome you to church here in Lifeway Church. Amen? And uh, a cool thing right now is we have a number of college students who are actually in Estonia, in Tallinn, Estonia. They're uh, helping out and evangelizing and reaching out on a mission trip uh, out there in Tallinn, Estonia. If you don't know exactly where that's at, uh, most people don't. Uh, it's actually up towards the Eastern European side, north, going towards the Baltic Sea uh, and the Nordic and Baltic churches that we are able to support. And so they're having a tremendous time. They're going to be returning this week. So that's really, really exciting. Amen. Yeah. And do we have any Mexicans in here? Any uh, Mexican people, Mexican, uh, Mexican descent? Uh, so we have a few of them. Uh, my wife and I just returned from the uh, Mexican Churches Conference in Toluca, Mexico uh, that happened last week. And uh, here you see some of the images here. Uh, you know, you have some, some cool stuff going on there. Uh, it was uh, pretty awesome. There's about uh, uh, 2,400 people that registered to, to the conference in Toluca, which is about an hour away from Mexico City. And uh, also, about on Sunday, there were about 3,000 people that were there uh, worshiping. And so it was a really an amazing, an amazing time. Uh, you see a little bit of the image there uh, of uh, all the people. But uh, it was really great. Uh, Grisella and I got a chance actually to give the opening devotional there uh, with all the churches together uh, as everyone gathered. But it was it, this is a conference for all all the churches in, in uh, the uh, country of Mexico, uh, and they have that every every two years that they uh, get together. And so, uh, not just the Mexico City Church, but you got people all the way up to Tijuana, all the way down to Merida, Yucatan, all the way to uh, the, the different coasts in Veracruz or in Acapulco. And we had uh, just a tremendous time. Uh, just to be able to be there, to be able to be with the, with the disciples there, to teach, uh, as you see some of the images there uh, of uh, the worship services. But it was just a great time, great time of learning uh, and growing together, it's just a great time of fellowship. Uh, this is, uh, are some of the college students right there, and uh, all the young people getting together, including myself. We all got together, uh, and just uh, took, uh, took a picture right there. Uh, so I'm really uh, reuniting with old friends. You guys might know Angel and Fatima Jimenez, who used to lead the uh, Spanish ministry in Metro Los Angeles are there. But also Hector and Adriana Gomez, who used to lead in the church in Colombia uh, many, many years ago, are now part of the Mexico City Church, uh, and then their whole family. So tremendous, a tremendous family there. There were a lot of people there from uh, all of Mexico, but also all throughout the United States. A lot of L.A. people that you notice right there. And so we were able just to have an incredible time of fellowship, great time of helping and encouraging each other, and especially encouraging the Mexico churches. Amen? And I got a chance to share about our 30th anniversary, a celebration that we're going to be able to have together as an L.A. church. Uh, one dream, one family. And so I just want to remind everybody about that. We got that coming up on September 7th. It's going to be a tremendous event. We do have a lot of people registered, but I know a lot of people are, maybe are not yet registered. Uh, that uh, Saturday event is going to be our weekend service. So you got to make sure you register because if you miss that, you're going to miss church that weekend, which is not good, right? So we just want to make sure that you uh, register as soon as possible uh, for that great event. Amen? 
So I also want to thank all the people that help and work uh, with the setup of Gabrielino every Sunday morning. Uh, and we have a couple brothers that actually bring the trailer from the storage area to bring all our stuff over here. Uh, and one of those is Ricardo Tepetitla. I don't know if Ricardo is in here right now. Want to give him a... There is Ricardo over there. We're going to give him a round of applause. Uh, but we had an issue this morning, you know, there's a lot of setup that goes, goes on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, well, we arrived there to get the trailer uh, and uh, the place would not open, the machine would not work. So uh, basically we tried to figure out we're going to break in or do whatever we're going to do and uh, we were just not able to do it. So not until 9 a.m. were they open, were we able to bring the trailer over here, but yet everything's ready to go, which is really awesome, amen. So I want to thank all the brothers uh, for all their help and sisters for helping setting up. Amen. Well, uh, today, if you're joining us today, uh, you're in for a treat. You're actually here for our very opening uh, message and our very first message of a new series that we're going to start, uh, start called Stories of the Kingdom. And it's going to be a, a series on the parables of Jesus. And so we're going to have a series of 10, uh, 10 lessons, 10 classes we're going to be able to do together. So hopefully you're able to join us for all those 10. And I think we're going to be able to learn a lot. As we uh, together traverse around some of the parables, some of the sayings uh, that Jesus told during His time of His ministry. Uh, the word a parable, uh, Latin parabola, which kind of gives you an idea of the parabolic curve, right? If you guys think about some of that. And there's a relation to that because uh, in the Greek word you can see there, I don't know what it is, but it looks pretty cool in Greek. <laughs> But basically, the, main, the, the basic uh, meaning of the word parable is to throw forward or against, to compare to or against, uh, to set together or, one thing, or to put one thing with another. So in other words, an idea with, behind, behind the idea of this or is, is to throw something out there, see if it sticks. Right? To relate something together to see if you get a deeper meaning. Uh, it's a, a you know, kind of more traditional uh, definition of fable, a fable or an allegory, or representation of something uh, real in life or nature from which a moral is drawn uh, for instruction. So that's the general definition of parables, but we have something special going on when we talk about the parables of Jesus. Really some of the most powerful saying and stories in all the history of all mankind. Uh, and there are some people that might have heard a parable and didn't know that that was actually a parable of Jesus. There are things that have happened because of parables of Jesus that have really uh, continued to affect our society today, unbeknownst to a lot of people. Uh, have you guys heard of uh, like the Good Samaritan Hospital? Right? Or the saying, the Good Samaritan, right? That comes from a parable of Jesus uh, that he's talking about that. And of course, some of the other parables that are very well known, like parable of the prodigal son. Uh, but Jesus' parable were rooted in real life stories and situations. Uh, things that people could relate to. Uh, they drew people to a specific spiritual or moral conclusion. Uh, primarily had to do with values, with attitudes and actions that represent the kingdom of heaven. The inaugurated reign of God. So Jesus was talking about something new that was coming into the world. God's reign. And He was trying to explain it to people uh, in their context, in their situation. And He thought, what, what's the best way for me to, for them to understand the breadth and depth of all this? Let me tell them stories. They deal with reality in that day. Uh, but they really are timeless. And we're going to see as we study them together, even though we're talking about realities in that day in some ways, but they also relate a lot to our day today. 2,000 years later, amen? There are 37 total complete parables in the Gospels. 
so we're actually just going to choose 10 of them and go through 10 of them here in our series. Actually, it's a little bit more than 10 because we're going to cheat a little bit. The, one of the uh, lessons is going to be on the seven parables about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. But some say there's up to 60, including some of Jesus' short sayings. And some are unique to each gospel. Uh, the gospel of Luke contains uh, both the largest number of parables, 24, and 18 are unique to Luke. So there's 18 of those 24 parables that appear only in the book of Luke. The Gospel of Matthew contains 23 parables, and 11 are unique to Matthew. And the Gospel of Mark contains 8 parables, which, of which 2 are unique. So Jesus was a storyteller. He uh, told his stories to teach. He wanted his listeners to learn about God, about God's kingdom, about God's Son, about themselves. And so you, you and I are going to learn things about ourselves. The stories he told were filled with humor, a common sense, biting satire, and deep spiritual truth. They prodded, they stimulated, they raised questions, they answered questions, and they always pointed the listeners towards God's highest way for their lives. Remember that the purpose of these parables is to poke holes in our religious balloons. It really, these parables really spoke against religiosity and just being religious people. It talked about what it really meant to live life as in God's reign, as God's kingdom. Amen? To deflate our own understanding so we can be filled with the spiritual understanding of the Holy Spirit. Here's a quote from uh, Herbert Lockyer. Uh, Parables stir up or excite the affections and awaken consciences. Parables arrest and hold attention. Listening to Jesus as He spoke His parable, the listeners were enthralled and said, Never man spake as this man. So it's a little bit of old English. No, never has a man spoken like Jesus. And this is a briefer saying from uh, Bob Goff, and I love because he always puts things in a very simple way. He says, We don't always get to pick the parable we're living, but we get to pick who we are in the parable. You know, a lot of times we're going to read something, you're going to relate to it, you're going to say, wow, that, that, that's, I'm going through this right now. And you don't get to pick what you're going through, but you do get to pick who you are going to be, what character you're going to be in that story. Amen? So some of the parables that we're going to see together, uh, the sower and the weeds. Uh, so you're going to see some of them are, are missing. Maybe you're thinking, oh, we're not going to talk about my favorite one. But today we're going to talk about the sower and the weeds. Uh, the great banquet. The good Samaritan. The lost sheep and the lost coin. The prodigal son. The unmerciful servant. The rich fool. The ten virgins and the talents. Uh, and then seven short kingdom parables. And our very last one, we're going to be uh, looking at the parable of the tennis. Amen? So grab your Bibles, take out your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to look at Matthew 13 because really uh, within this parable, Jesus explains His whole purpose behind why He teaches in parables. You know, why He does this in Matthew chapter 13. And so you are going to need your Bible because I'm going to read this passage from, you know, here on the screen, but the rest of it, we're actually going to be reading it together because you've got to see the parable for yourself right there where you're at, uh, in paper or in your screen. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 13. Uh, and this is a very good question because you might be asking the same question. It says, Then the disciples came and asked Him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And of course, He was speaking to them, but also to them. Right? He's speaking to both of them because they also needed to understand the meaning and they didn't understand at that moment. He says, why do you speak to them in parables? And He answered 
To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Well, that's pretty deep right there. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand. And you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing. And they have shut their eyes so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn. And I would heal them. So what Jesus is talking about, not necessarily a choosing of some and others, but He's talking about how our heart, our spiritual perception is a choice of whether we're going to understand and be revealed God's truth or not. And that's what parables do for all of us. And in verse 16 it says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. You need to be happy if you actually get what this is all about. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And so what Jesus says is the purpose of parables is to reveal but also to conceal. And to reveal a couple of things. One of those is to reveal God's truth. To reveal the kingdom of heaven. To reveal the reign of God. To reveal something incredible and powerful that was breaking in into the world, into that Roman Empire time, but also that continues on to this day. But He's also wanting to reveal men and women's hearts. Wanting to reveal our intentions. Wanting to reveal our real desires. Wanting to reveal our spiritual condition. Where we are spiritually. But it's also to conceal. Because if someone is not in a spiritual condition to listen, to hear, even though they have ears, they do not hear. Even though they have eyes, they do not see. Because their hearts are callous, the Bible says. Their hearts are hardened. We've all been cut and then calloused, right? Where you feel that, that hardness of skin and blood and, and, and the serum that seals the wound. So some people's hearts are like that. They've become callous and maybe it's because they've been hurt in life or maybe it's because they've hurt others or maybe it's because of all the sin. But they have ears and they do not hear. They have eyes and they do not see. and They, they don't really get it. And throughout Jesus' life, you see this in His ministry, you see this. You see how there's people around them, there's people listening, there's, there's people hearing them, and in spite of all that, they just don't get it. And so you could be at church every Sunday morning, you can read your Bible, you can give your contribution, and still not really get it. Because something in our hearts is limiting our hearing and limiting our seeing of God's greater truths and realities. You see, these are more than just stories that we're talking about here. The parables are designed to help people develop eyes to see the realities of Jesus. Jesus' kingdom and live in light of that kingdom. Studying them changes us by opening our lives to a deeper sense of what it means to rise up and walk after 
Jesus. So I don't know when the last time you've read a parable was. But that's what parables are all about. It's to open our lives, open our understanding of who Jesus is, and to walk behind Him and to follow Him. Amen? So we're going to do that together for the next 10 weeks. And we're going to start together here in Matthew chapter 13 with the parable of the sower and the parable of the weeds. Amen? So you guys are in Matthew chapter 13? Yes. Alright. Verse 1 it says, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around Him that He got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore. Now some people have talked about how that increased the, uh, the level of, of uh, hearing and being able to hear uh, for people that were on the shore because the water basically was able to carry Jesus' message. So I don't understand all that, all the signs behind that, but it sounds pretty cool. And in verse 3 it says, Then He told them many things in parables, saying, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. How many farmers do we have here? Okay, so no farmers, right? Now, how many farmers do you think, if we, we asked them to raise their hand, in that day would have raised their hand? Probably a pretty fair amount. Pretty fair amount. Uh, now, how many of you know what a farmer is? Okay, so most people know what a farmer is. So, okay, so we're good. We're good so far. So a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Have you seen anything wither before? Have you seen anything dry? Is your grass dry right now? It says, other seed fell among thorns. How many of you have seen thorns? Which grew up and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let them hear. And then we have the question that we read earlier. And then Jesus explains the parable in verse 18. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it. See, so there's a reality that we, that we understand here that that... That there are people that, are, that will hear the message of the kingdom and they just won't understand it. They won't get it. It says, it says this, these people, is that the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So he's talking about that first seed. And so I said, he's sowing seed and I'm sure... Uh, if you've been in a farm, you have the, the, the rows that are tilled, you have the soil where they're going to be planted, and you have all the seeds that are being thrown out, but some seed happen to land on different kinds of soil. Now, something about the path is that it's not tilled soil, right? It's not soil that's been kind of dug up and, and opened up so the seeds can kind of go into the crevices and go into the dirt and then be buried. It's actually soil that's been stepped on a lot, right? It's soil that is, is hardened. Soil that really does not allow for anything to penetrate. Sometimes even water. And so if you have a path, you have basically uh, a path that's been stepped on over and over and over again. You have ground that's been compressed over and over and over again. And so when seed falls on it, obviously nothing's going to happen. And so because it's, you know, the seeds remain totally on top of the surface, and if you're a bird, and a bird likes seeds, and you see seeds right there, 
You're saying, oh, well, they're feeding us right now. Let me go out down and eat some of those seeds. And so what Jesus is saying, hey, this is, there's more than just a sower and seeds and birds that we're talking about right here. We're talking about the condition of men's heart. And we're talking about the level of understanding God's message. And He says there are people that maybe their life has stepped on them so much, maybe their hearts are so hardened that even though they've been around the Word, even though they've been around God's teaching, even though they've been around people to live uh, as followers of Christ, the seed comes and the seed lands on there and it just kind of bounces off. There's like a force field that just makes us bounce off. And nothing penetrates. Nothing comes in. You know, I believe that we live in a society today where there are more and more people like this. Where there are more and more people that are busy with their lives or they've been hurt in their lives and or are desynthesized by even the sheer numbers of what's going on or even the news that we hear every single day of bad things and bad things going on where, where we have more and more distrust from each other that we see things that we don't feel anymore. You know, and sometimes it's sad because even political issues can blind us to compassion. Just simple compassion. And so we see maybe some immigrant suffering. And they say, well, I don't really agree with, you know, uh, undocumented uh, immigration. And instead of seeing the immigrant, seeing the person. We like, ah, well, you know, that, you know, they're kind of getting what they deserve. And we, we get our hearts, our hardened towards human suffering, towards Real compassion for people. What's really going on in people's lives. And you know, that's just a little snippet, but that happens over and over again in our lives with so many things that come at us. And so it's very easy for us to get the Word of God just bounce off. Bounce off of our hearts. And so that's a seed that lands on, on the, the path. And then it goes on and says, the, the one who received, verse 20, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Have you ever met someone that they come to church, they say to the Bible, and they're like, whoa, this is the best thing ever! Woo! Sign me up! But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time when trouble or persecution, does it say if trouble or persecution? It says, when trouble or persecution comes because of the Word, He quickly falls away. See, at, the point, at, 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 the, at, at a moment, at a point of everyone's spiritual life, there's a moment where trouble comes. And sometimes trouble has a last name. You know, sometimes trouble is a guy. Sometimes trouble is a girl. Uh, sometimes trouble is real difficulty that we have in our lives and we begin to question God about why things are going on like this in our lives. Sometimes it's financial trouble. Sometimes it's health trouble. Sometimes it's relational trouble. Sometimes it's family trouble. Sometimes it's just trouble trouble. Sometimes it's just your own trouble. You know, you causing your own trouble. You know, I mean, they're just trying, it's going to come. Or persecution. You know, the fact that what you're doing is not agreed upon by a lot of people. A lot of people will tell you, especially if you're a student, if you're a young student, if you're a teen, or if you're a, 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 a you know, high school student, a college student, uh, there's a lot of people around you that, that look at you like, well, you are, you're a Christian? Shouldn't, I mean, if, I mean, if you're in college, shouldn't you be more sophisticated, more knowledgeable, uh, you know, more understanding of real life, really? 
You believe in, in, in a fantasy? And you get persecution. If you don't have a root, you know, you'd be, you'd be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Is it real? How do I know if it's real or not? And you start being shaken over things because, why? Because you have no root. You have not decided that, hey, you know what? I'm going to be rooted deeply in God's Word, in God's church, in God's family, in relationships with the family of God to make sure that when that time comes, and it's going to come, and let me tell you something, it's going to come more than once. How many of you have had trouble come knocking on your door? Yeah, so some of you haven't yet. It's coming. She's coming. He's coming. And sometime he or she, they're really good looking. Really good looking. And they're going to come knocking on your door. And you're going to say, me? You want to talk to me? Little old me? Really? Oh gosh, I don't think I could lose this opportunity. I mean, I know I have God and the Bible and salvation and eternity, but an opportunity like this one that's coming, you know, trouble in their last name, I mean, I don't know if I can lose this one. I don't know if I could get someone as good in the church. You know, maybe I know what I'll do. I'll go with this person and then we'll live blissful lives together. It'd be the best thing ever. I know. I'm not a fool. I've learned what the Bible says. I'll treat that person right. We'll do the right thing. We won't do anything wrong. And then guess what? I'll bring them back. And then I'm going to say, hey, listen, I know that uh, we know each other and we trust each other and we're completely honest with each other. But I've been lying to you for the last year. I've act- I was actually a Christian and I left church to be with you. But I want you to come and meet my spiritual family, which I left about a year ago to be with you. Would you like to come? And that person is going to be like, yeah, this is great. Well, thank you so much for bringing me to church. Let's have children in this church. And let's multiply and multiply around the world. And send out children on missions all over the world to Africa and Asia. And you you have this vision and dream. But the reality is that you just have no root. And where there's no root, there's no fruit. And so when trouble persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. And then we have kind of probably the area where most everybody lives. This is where our address is. It says, The one who received the seal that fell, seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands that he produces a crop in a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. How many of you uh, have worries in your life? Yeah, right? Trouble and worries, I mean, they're just there, right? How many of you guys are, you know, struggle with finances, finances and are worried about your financial future? You know? How many of you would like to be rich? Yeah, I mean, raise your hand. Come on. Right? Now, you might not know this, but a lot of you already are. So you really, the question is, how many of you would like to be richer? Right? And sometimes it's richer than the other person. Well, the reality is, this is a reality in all of our lives. Financial struggles, things we worry about, things we, we want. 
And so there, there are constant small decisions that happen in our lives. Why? Because, because we're being choked by worries. We're being choked by the deceitfulness of wealth. We've been choked by this rat race that we all want to be on. And we're making these constant decisions that a lot of times are taking us away from God's truth. And that's where a lot of people live. You know, and, and because of that, they're, they're, they're there, they're at church, they're following God, but they're just not living their best life for God. They're not at their maximum potential spiritually. And that's a pretty good question for us. You know, are you at your maximum, maximum potential spiritually? Or are you just coasting? Now, there's nothing wrong with coasting. Have you ever coasted? I mean, just in life in general. How many of you ever had a go-kart? You know, a push cart, a car that kind of people push and then they let you go. Usually, you know, you want to go down a hill, right? Emery used to tell me he used to live on a hill. And they used to get on their big wheel. And then he used to, you know, used to go up on the hill in San Francisco. And then they put, picked up, pick up their feet and then just let the big wheel go. And then the wheel would go. You know, Emmerich does a lot of sound effects. Go all the way down the hill. And then you got to stop it because the cars were coming across on the, on the street. I said, dude, that's crazy. But that feeling of coasting is amazing. But eventually, you're going to reach the street. Eventually, you're going to run out of momentum. And you can live a life where, where you're just being choked out. Do you feel like that? Like spiritually, like you're just being choked out spiritually. You know, but the man who receives the word and understands it, he says he's going to produce a fruit. That's a choice that we all have. You have that choice and you have that choice this morning. To be like that good soil. Where God's word comes and it's like, just sucks it up. Sucks it up and takes all the nutrients out and says... Man, this is just so good. I'm going to live it. I'm going to, I'm going to apply it. I'm going to put it into practice. I'm going to live this life. God revealed this to me today and it's awesome. It's incredible. I mean, this breakfast was unbelievable. This is what I needed today. And I'm going to live it out. And you get to live your best life. Amen. But then he goes on in verse 24. says, uh, he told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So now he's talking about the seed and the condition of the seed itself. And the other one he's talking about the condition of the soil. Now he's talking about the condition of the seed itself. Okay? So he's kind of changing a little bit of the subject and the object. So Jesus told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. That's a real bad person, right? And went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, don't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He says, No, he answered. Because while you're pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together unto the harvest. At that time, I would tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He's talking obviously there about uh, the last days, the harvest of humanity. But we we see this this parable of these weeds that grow with a good seed. So in spite of the best plans, the best uh, preparation, the best selection of seeds... 
They're planted. You have an enemy come in and sow some weeds. And so weeds begin to grow. So in the midst of goodness, of good stuff, you have toxicity. Things that could actually hurt instead of help. You know, there's a lot of toxic toxic truth out there. There's a lot of false religion. There's a lot of false spirituality. And sometimes we don't like to hear that. We don't like to say that because we like to believe that, hey, you know, well, whatever everyone does, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, kind of everyone can go their own way and that's their own choice. And that's really not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that the way uh, to, to damnation is, is wide. And many people go through it. But the way to salvation is narrow. And few people traverse it. And so you can go around and be incredibly confused but all, by all the different teaching. All the different uh, false religion. All the hypocrisy. And there's a lot of us that at one point or another decided to stop going to church because of a bad example of somebody. How many of us have ever been around a bad example of a Christian? You're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sitting right next to one right now. <laughs> now, let's be honest. How many of you have been a bad example as a Christian? Yeah, all, you know, all the humble people raise their hand right. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I've been bad. But we have a choice every day, even today. We have a choice to be that right example of God's truth or to be a toxic Christian. And we have the choice to be around good Christians, people that believe God's truth and live it out, or be around people that are really twisting God's Word to their own appeal. To what, what fits to them, what's best for them, what relates to them. It's like, it's like a Burger King Christianity. I'll have it my own way. I'll just choose whatever I want and I'll discard everything. I don't like pickles and I don't want no pickles on my burger. And it could be that way. And Jesus says, you know what? It's all going to be shown for what it is at the very last day. At the last day, it's going to be clear. It's going to be honest. It's going to be revealed for what it really is. Amen? So what do we learn today? We learned that you and I need to pay attention. Right? We need to pay attention to your heart. Because that's really the the soil of of where God's seed is going to come. You know, are you that hard soil that basically everything just bounces off? And maybe even right now, everything just bounced off you. You've heard some stuff and it it just like been like, you know, deny, 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 service error, service error, you know. Just stop it. Or maybe you're that heart that, you know, you're excited and you were excited at one point, but now you're really struggling. Now you're having a hard time and you're actually thinking of throwing in the towel spiritually. Or maybe you're, you know, you're like that soil like, you know, a lot of us can be and just we're just being choked out by life. Or maybe you're confused by the weeds. You're confused by everything that's going around you. You know, we learned that we need to pay attention to our hearts. We need to pay attention to the message. Jesus' message. See, that's why He's teaching in parables because He wants it to be clear and crystal. And we need to be, pay attention to the messenger. The messenger is Jesus. The storyteller is Jesus. The way 
is Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else. It's about Jesus. Pay attention to the messenger. And you're going to have stories. Stories of life. Stories of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? May God bless you and have a great rest of your Sunday. And we'll see you next time for the next sermon series. Amen.